0: Recorded live. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. Brothers and sisters, I am so excited this evening. I'm so excited this evening because we are honoring the Passover this evening and the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So during this show, brothers and sisters, we will be ending. One feast day of the Lord, which is the Passover, which started yesterday, Monday at sundown, and it ends today at sundown, and when sundown takes place, we will be starting the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So most of you all have been watching this show, who have been followers of this show, the Bible Show Truth Hour, and those who are called in listening to the show, You have been following us, brothers and sisters, and we have done a six-week series. Again, a six-week series that we've done called For God So Loved the World. And I am very excited about that because this is the last one of our six-week series, brothers and sisters. This is the last one of our six-week series, so I am excited about it. Tonight's lesson is called, The Veil Was Ripped in Twain. The Veil Was Ripped in Twain, brothers and sisters. That's tonight's show. So I want you to buckle down. I want you to share this video right now with your family, your friends, your coworkers. Share it on your pages. And we're going to get ready for another episode, brothers and sisters, of the Bible show, Truth Hour, here on POET Radio. Just to go over with you the past lessons, Um, for God so loved the world, how could this be? We explained in that lesson that John 3.16 mentions, for God so loved the world. However, it didn't say, for God so loved this world, which is what we explained in that particular lesson, and you can go back and listen to it on your own, but it explains how the world that God loved is the world that is to come. As it is written in Revelations, the 21st chapter, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That world is not here yet, brothers and sisters, but God so loved that world so much that he sent his son to die for it. This world that we currently live in, not the earth, but this world, which means the government, the systems, And uh, the laws and those things are geared towards Satan's world. So we have to understand that the kingdoms, the government, and the system all belong to Satan, brothers and sisters. They all belong to Satan. And God hates anything that spawns from Satan. So if you love this world, then you can't love God. And if you love God, then you can't love this world. So that's what we spoke about on our first show, brothers and sisters. And then the second one was Jesus checks out on his creation. In other other words, Jesus had visited this earth several times in the flesh before he even came through Mary. Jesus had been here before, brothers and sisters. He had communicated with man. We're going to talk about that on tonight's show a little bit more in detail, but that was our second lesson that we dealt with, and that was part two of For God So Loved the World. Part three was God's feast days versus man's holidays. Now, if you are a Christian um, and you profess to be a Christian, you're supposed to be honoring today the Passover. You're supposed to be taking the bread and the wine, brothers and sisters, the bread and the wine. If you are a Christian and you profess to be Christ-like or like Christ, brothers and sisters, this is what we're supposed to be doing today. But a lot of the churches don't teach that. They teach communion, which is not in the Bible. So anything that's not in the Bible, it came out of the mind of a man. And I know that some would say, well, Christ did say, as often as you do this, Do this in remembrance of me, in remembrance of me. Well, how often, brothers and sisters, do you celebrate your birthday? Once a year. How often do you honor your anniversary, your wedding anniversary? Not every first Sunday, but once a year. So how often should we do the Passover as it is written The 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. And what are we commanded to do during the Lord's Passover? The symbols of Christ, the bread and the wine. We'll get into that a little bit more. Now that takes us to religion versus spirituality, which is what we dealt with um, the fourth part of this lesson. We dealt with that the fourth part of this lesson, brothers and sisters. Um, spirituality versus religion, religion will teach you to celebrate a lot of days that's not listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And they will teach you to celebrate these days as days of God. Christmas, they say, is Jesus is the reason for that season. Well, we say, no, brothers and sisters, Jesus is not the reason for Christmas, brothers and sisters. That's the Christmas season. No, it had nothing to do with with the Jesus at all, brothers and sisters, but it did have something to do with the Son God Ra. And you can go back on some of our old lessons and read about that. And then lastly, there was God fulfills his promise. Jesus came and paid the debt for sin, brothers and sisters. God fulfills His promise. Well, we're going to talk about that today. This is our special show again tonight uh, on the Lord's Passover Day. This is our special show. So we're going to talk about all of that tonight on tonight's show. But first, I want to go ahead and bring in our brother, who's our reader. Um, And again, we want to thank Brother Julius, who has been on air with me for about eight years now. And he's on a new assignment, brothers and sisters. And we thank him for the work that he has put in for the Bible Show Truth Hour all of these years uh, with us. And we miss him so dearly, uh, but God has a, a assignment for him. And if he can do a work, and, and if I can do a work, and if you can do a work, then we're reaching more people at one time, brothers and sisters. So let's go ahead and get Brother Joe on the line so we can go ahead and start our show. Let's go ahead and get Brother Joe on the line so we can get ready to... Start our show, brothers and sisters. Um, Brother Joe, I'm going to get ready to go to you and unmute you on the line. If you're there, out there looking, we want you to share this video right now on Facebook. And we're about to go live for our YouTube listeners also as well. Today's lesson, brothers and sisters, is the veil was ripped in twain. The veil was ripped in twain. Let's go ahead and bring Brother Joe off the line, off mute. Brother Joe, welcome to the show. Who's our reader? He's from Central Alabama. Hey, Brother Joe, how you feeling tonight? All is well, brother. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. All right, all right, all right. So what we're gonna do is um, say a prayer, and then we're gonna go ahead and start our show. Father God, we thank you for intervening in our affairs. Father God, we ask that you shine your light on tonight's show. We ask that you guide our tongue, Father God. We ask that you allow those who have an ear to hear what thus saith the Lord, brothers and sisters. Father God, we ask that you increase you and decrease us on tonight's show, Father God. We want you to be exalted and our own self to be diminished, Father God to such a level where they don't see anybody or hear hear anybody but you, Father God, on tonight's show. And we pray all of these things through your Son, Jesus' name, who we are so thankful that you sent to this earth to be a sacrifice for the sins of men. Amen. Everyone on our YouTube listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in. And Facebook Live, we want to thank you for tuning in. Um, Today's show, called The Veil Was Ripped in Twain. This is our Passover lesson, brothers and sisters. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to Brother Joe. Brother Joe, we're gonna go ahead and get started on tonight's show, and we're gonna pick this up first at Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Turn your Bibles, brothers and sisters, to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And if you don't have your Bibles, we'll give you a moment to go get your Bibles. And when you get your Bible, turn it to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. You're gonna learn about this Passover today. You're going to learn about this Passover. Many people think that the Passover just started when Jesus got here on the scene, in the flesh. But we're going to show you that the Passover, brothers and sisters, was done way before Jesus came in the flesh. As a matter of fact, thousands of years before Jesus came in the flesh, we were honoring the Passover. So let's start off at the book of Leviticus, um, verses
1: um, 1 through 5, Brother Joe. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. So let's stop right there. Did it say that this was the Jews' feast, Brother Joe?
0: No. Did it say that it was the Christians' feast, Brother Joe? No, Brother Black. Did it say that this was Moses' feast, Brother Joe? No, it did not, Brother Black. What were the last five words of verse 2 say? Even these are what? Even these are my feasts. So, brothers and sisters, we can't take any claim that, oh, that's the Jews' feast, which we... Hear a lot, brothers and sisters. No, this is not the Jews' feast. This is not Moses' feast. This is not Abraham's feast. This is the Lord's feast, brothers and sisters. The Lord's feast. Let's go ahead and read at verse 3, brother.
1: Six days' work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord and all your dwellings.
0: So, brothers and sisters, no matter where we live at, no matter what country we're in, because the Lord knew that he was going to scatter us, brothers and sisters. He knew that he was going to scatter us, so don't make it seem like, oh, well, um, the Lord didn't expect for us to be over here in America. The Lord didn't expect for us to be anywhere other than the land of Israel. No, brother, he told you in the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, that, he would scatter us to the four corners of the earth, brothers and sisters. And we would go into a land that we had, neither us nor our fathers have known, and we would be taken into that land by ships, brothers and sisters. So the Lord knew that we would be here. So being in America is not an excuse. It's not an excuse, brothers and sisters, to not cheat
1: the Sabbath day. Continue, brother, Joe, at verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord's even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons.
0: So you can't do this anytime you want to do it. You can't do this every first Sunday, we're going to do this, or every so-and-so, so-and-so, we're going to do this. That's not the Lord talking, brothers and sisters. That's you talking. And that's why um, part three, I'm sorry, part four of this lesson was Religion versus spirituality. Religion would tell you that you've got to take the bread and wine every first Sunday. But this says that these are my feasts, holy gatherings, which is what the word convocations means, that you shall proclaim in their seasons. Let's read about some of them, Brother Joe. Continue. Continue.
1: Verse 5, in the fourth day of the first month, the fourth, sorry, in the fourteenth day of the first month at the evening is Lord's Passover. So
0: the Passover is the fourteenth day of the first month at evening. So let's break this down real quick. Man says that the first month of the year is January. So according to God, If man lines up with God, then the Passover should be on January 14th. Why is the Passover never celebrated in January? Could it be that January is really not the first month of the year, brothers and sisters? Well, let's look at it real quick. When you stop at a stop sign, it's in the shape of an octagon because octagon represents eight sides. There's a sea animal called octopus because it has eight, tent- eight tentacles. So any word that has the root oct means eight. Is there a month that begins with the root oct, O-C-T? Yes, it is, brothers and sisters. It's called october. Well, when you say the word decade, the first three letters is D-E-C. When you say the word decimal point, which is rounding to the nearest tenth, it begins with DEC, which means 10. There's also a month that has a prefix DEC or begins with DEC, and that month is called December. And guess what? It's two months after October. So you got October, which means eight, no means nine. December means 10, January means 11, February means 12, brothers and sisters. March constitutes the first month of the year. But I didn't say March 1st now. I didn't say March 1st. So now let's look at this thing. If the Passover was yesterday, Monday, October. Uh, Monday, April the 10th, at sundown, let's backtrack 14 days before April the 10th. If you subtract seven days from April the 10th, you have April the 3rd. Well, wait a minute. we got to subtract seven more days. Where are they going to take us? To the month of March. You get it? Now, if you subtract seven days from April the 3rd, we have March 27th. So God's New Year's Day this year, which man calls 2017, began on March 27th at sundown. And 14 days after March 27th at sundown was Monday, April the 10th at sundown. So if March is the first month of the year, let's look at it. Although it's the 27th of March, it's still in the month of March. So you got March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. It falls at 8, November, 9, December, 10. Brothers and sisters, you've been had. You've been took. You've been hoodwinked. You've been led astray. You've been run amok, brothers and sisters by these Gentiles who have changed the calendar, they changed the time, they changed the days. But if it were not for the very elect, the whole world would be deceived, brothers and sisters. But because we know the word of God, you can't deceive us. Let's go ahead and continue. Now since we know that January is not the first month of the year and that... um. The Passover was yesterday, and the beginning of God's New Year this year, New Year's Day was March 27th. Were you in church on March 26th, before the time changed to March 27th, like you were on on what they call New Year's Eve? Oh, I was in church on New Year's Eve. No, you was in church at the end of the 10th month going into the 11th month. That's when you were in church, brothers and sisters. So again... We're just showing you all of these things. But i tell you what, let's go back right now. Since we talked about Passover 2017, and since we talked about that the Lord said that the Passover was his feast and not the Jews' feast, let's find out when the Lord gave it to them in the first place. Let's go back and find out when the Lord gave us the Passover the first time. Let's go to the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter. The book of Exodus the 12th chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 13. Go ahead, my brother,
1: when you got it. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you, beginning of the month. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak. Ahead, unto all, I'm sorry. Go ahead, my brother. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, thou shalt take them, every man, a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Mm-hmm. And if the household to be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it accordingly to the number of the souls now stop right there
0: this is what you call learning something on the way to learning something people thought that souls was something that was inside of the body oh my mind body and soul as if the soul was different from the body no brothers and sisters the soul is the body what's inside of the soul is called spirit so here it says the number of souls that are in the
1: house. Go ahead, proceed, my brother. Every man, every man, according to his eating, shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male for the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats.
0: Now, this is also what you call learning something on the way to learning something. We were taught that, and when we were children, that a an upside-down five-pointed star represented the goat. Two horns, two ears, and a goatee. Well, they were saying that this was a satanic symbol, a symbol of the devil. Well, the Lord is showing you right here that the goats were used for sacrifice. For sin, brothers and sisters, the term scapegoat came from the Bible. This is one of God's clean animals that he uses for sacrifice. How did it become a symbol of Satan? Man did that, brothers and sisters, not God. At verse 5, Exodus 12 and 5, he said, I want you to take a lamb. I want him to be perfect, no blemish on him. He got to be a male of the first year. You can take him from the sheep or from the goats. And then what do we do on the 14th day at verse 6, Exodus 12 and 6?
1: And you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in Wait the Wait a minute. You mean to tell
0: me that you're keeping this lamb up to the fourteenth day? Now, we know that the fourteenth day of the first month at evening, we just read it in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, is the Passover, brothers and sisters. Is the Passover. I want you to keep this here. We're going to read one more verse, and then, uh, well, a couple of more verses, but then I want you to hold it because we're going to come back to it in a minute.
1: Go ahead and continue at verse 7, Brother Joe. <clears throat> and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper post of the house, wherein they shall eat it.
0: So you're going to take the blood, you're going to put it on both sides, and then you're going to put it on top of the house. And why are you going to do this? Let's go down to verse 12. Why are you going to do this? What did the Lord say he would do if you did that? Go ahead, my brother.
1: Verse 12. <clears throat> For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smit all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and again, all the gods of Egypt i will execute judgment i am the lord i'm coming to kill
0: you like to think that god is this god that's, that's, that's forgiving of everybody all the time brothers and sisters even the lord has his limits see we like to throw around the term unconditional love or the love go the lord go love me anyway the Lord don't kill nothing that he loves, brothers and sisters. There is a point that you can get the Lord to where his love turns to hate, brothers and sisters. And Egypt got the Lord to that point that they had abused his people, the children of Israel, so much that he said, okay, Pharaoh, I got your number. You doing my people like that after I didn't sent my warning to you to tell you to let my people go? You're going to just ignore what I'm trying to tell you? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. The next thing you say to Moses, I'm going to turn it around and do it to you. What came out of Pharaoh's mouth? Kill your son. I'm going to kill these boys. He already had done it. When Moses had escaped that persecution, when they killed um, baby boys, trying to avert a savior being born, here he is again. Again trying to do the same thing. The Lord said, I'm going to do you this time, Pharaoh. So Israel, put that blood on the side doorpost or over the top. I don't care who do it. If you're an Israelite that do it, cool. If you're an Egyptian that do it, cool. But if you don't do it, I don't care if you're an Israelite or an Egyptian, I'm coming to kill your firstborn in your house.
1: Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you. For a token upon the house where you are, and I, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Stop! Stop and, right there! Stop right there! And when I see the
0: blood, I will do what?
1: Pass over you.
0: Pass over you, brothers and sisters. This is where the term "pass over" came from, all the way from Egypt, all the way from um, um, the the. Great Exodus of the children of Egypt, uh, children of Israel coming out of Egypt. The Lord said, if you put this blood over the doorpost and over the top, and when I come and I see it, I will pass over you. That's where the term Passover came
1: from, brothers and sisters.
0: That's where it originated from. That's where it came from. He said, I will pass over you, and the plague, go ahead, my brother.
1: Fourteen and this day shall be upon you for all memory, and you shall keep it, a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it.
0: Now let's back up a little bit because we didn't finish that 13th verse. He said, and I will pass over you, and, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite or kill the land of Egypt, brothers and sisters. So I just wanted to point out that to show you where the Passover started from. But let's even go back further than that. Because we mentioned a lamb that was going to be killed on the 14th day, all right? We, we we talked about that lamb, but it was already predicted that the lamb was going to be killed. So let's even go back before the book of Exodus. Let's go back to the beginning, brothers and sisters, to the very Beginning. Let's go to the book of Revelation and see if we can find something in Revelation, although that's the last book of the Bible, that talks about something that happened even before the children of Israel got in Egypt in bondage. Let's go to Revelations the 18th, uh, the 13th chapter. Revelations the 13th chapter. We're gonna read one verse. Revelations the 13th chapter, verse 8. Let's see if we can read about the prediction that a lamb needed to be killed. Because we read it in the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter. We just read it. Take a lamb of the first year without
1: blemish. Revelation 13 and 8. And all that dwells upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain, from the foundation of the world.
0: So, brothers and sisters, this is basically talking about when the Antichrist comes, when the beast comes, um, and the whole world will go after them and worship them and and, and follow after them because he's going to deceive them. But it also states that the people who don't have their name written in the Book of Life, which is the recording of your activities here on earth brothers and sisters and that's what you're going to be judged by not according to your heart yeah god looks into the heart and he sees the heart but he don't judge you by the heart he judge you by the works that you do read Revelation the 20th chapter on your own just the last five verses and it's going to show you that god judge everyone according to their works based though on what's written in this book called the bible So it said here that the lamb was slain from when, Brother Joe? From the beginning of what? The lamb was slain from the beginning of the world, brothers and sisters. Now let's go back and see what caused the lamb to have to be slain from the beginning of the world. Let's go to Genesis, the third chapter, real quick. Let's see what happened that made... God even have to send his son to be slain. Because it says that the lamb was slain from the beginning of the world. So even before the Passover was put in place, even before Exodus, the 12th chapter, had happened, something else happened that caused the lamb to have to be slain. And it says here, "For the beginning of the world. Let's read that. Genesis, the third chapter. Let's um, go to verse 6, brother. Genesis 3 and 6.
1: And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat hmm. So brother and, that, oh, go ahead, my brother and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. They sold fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So, brothers,
0: and it. A, here it is. God had commanded the man, which includes the woman. I don't want you to talk to Satan. This spirit is in this garden, he is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How does he know good? Because he was there with me in heaven when I was putting together the blueprint to create you. How does he know evil? Because it was found inside of him in heaven, and, and, and there was no more place found for him in heaven. Therefore, he was kicked out. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. I don't want you to deal with him. You got all these trees in the garden. Even the tree of life, which is Jesus, but that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is Satan, I don't want you to eat of his knowledge. Don't consume his knowledge because he deals in trickery and subliminal messages. So, brothers and sisters, they disobeyed him. So what happened when they disobeyed him? They sinned. What happened when sin enters into the world? Death follows sin. Death follows. Follows sin, brothers and sisters. So what happened when they sinned? An animal had to be killed, brothers and sisters. And that's how God got the skin of the animal to put over their private parts. He got the skin of the animal to put over their private parts because something had to die when sin entered into the world, brothers and sisters. So let's read 21 real quick for really, from this. Genesis 3 and 21.
1: Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and coated them.
0: Where did he get the skin from? <clears throat> to make coats from. It said unto Adam also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin. Something had to die when Adam and Eve sinned, brothers and sisters, but that blood of that animal that was shed only could cover their sin, but it couldn't forgive their sin, brothers and sisters. That's why there was a need for Jesus to come, because before he came, sin could only be covered and not forgiven. Let's go ahead and read and go back, Brother um, Joe, to the book of Exodus, again, verse 12, 5 and 6. I want to go back here because I want to show the people something again. We just read it, but we're going to go ahead and revisit it, Exodus 12, and then let's go back to 5 and 6. I want to show you all something real
1: quick here, Exodus 12, 5 and 6. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it the evening.
0: Who shall kill it? Who did it say shall kill it, Brother Joe? Israel. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it. That being said, brothers and sisters, and this is in Exodus, but the lamb in Exodus represented the lamb in the New Testament, which was none other than Jesus. Let's see if we can find in the New Testament where the congregation plotted to kill Jesus, just like the Lord put here that the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it, talking about the lamb. That lamb was a prototype or representative of the real lamb that was to come. Let's go to the book of Luke, the 22nd chapter. For those who just tuned in, you tuned in to the Bible Show Truth Hour on the three-time National Poetry Award winning POET radio, we're talking about today the veil was ripped in twain, the Passover lesson. The veil was ripped in twain, the Passover lesson. We're going to go now to the book of Luke the 22nd chapter, and we're going to start this off at verse 1. Luke 22, verse 1 through
1: 3. Go ahead, my brother. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew night, which is called the Passover. Now let's stop right
0: there because we didn't read in Leviticus 23rd chapter that the feast of unleavened bread was called the Passover. We, Passover, we didn't read that there. So now what do we do with this right here, brothers and sisters? we got to righteously divide because this right here is in error. Yeah, it's in the Bible, and it's in error. I'm not afraid to say that there's some things in the Bible that are in error. It says, now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew not, which is called the Passover. It's not called the Passover. The Passover is on the 14th day of the first month of the year, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread is on the 15th day of the first month of the year. Now, that might have been what people called it, but that's not what God called it. And I got to go with what God said versus what people said. Read it on your own in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and you tell me if the Lord called the Feast of Unleavened Bread the Passover, or if he called the Passover the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Let's go ahead and go to verse 2.
1: And the chief and the chief priest scribes saw how they might kill him, for they feared the people.
0: So see, brothers and sisters, Jesus didn't have a big problem with the government, with the ruling leaders of his day, because that wasn't his mission at the time. He didn't come over to he didn't come into the world to take over the government. At that time, now, the angel Gabriel said that he will um, be a governor. He will have a a government upon his shoulders. He will be king of kings, lord of lords. But at that time, he came into the world for a sin offering. So he wasn't concerned about the government during that time. He was concerned about the religious leaders during that time. He came to correct them during that time. So he told his followers, he said, look, do what they say. But don't do what they do, because they are hypocrites. So he had a problem with the chief priests and the scribes. So it says in verse 2, and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him. See, brothers and sisters, how these things line up? These were Israelites, part of the congregation of Israel, who sought how to kill Jesus. But because they had a following and soldiers, they didn't just want to just take him and kill him because it would have caused too much of an uproar. So they had to trick people into starting the process of him being killed. That's why they tried to get Pilate on board. And Pilate said, I see no fault with this man. I'm going to let y'all decide what y'all want to do with him. You want Barabbas or you want Jesus? And it was the congregation of Israel who chose Jesus to be killed versus choosing Barabbas to be killed. Okay, now, since we see those two things line up, let's keep this thing going on. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter, and let's find out how Jesus took the Passover. We remember, in the Old Testament, God told the Israelites to take a lamb of the first year. Without blemish. And he got to be a male. And that's how they took the Passover then. But let's show you now how Jesus changed the way the Passover would be done forever. Jesus changed the way the Passover would be done forever because there were two things going on right here. There was no longer a need for a lamb because he was the lamb. So now we're going to change it from the lamb, and let's see what he changed it to. Matthew twenty six, twenty through 28. Let's go ahead and read, brother.
1: Now, when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Mm.
0: So so you mean to tell me that Jesus knew that one of them was going to betray, betray him? Let's go ahead and continue reading, my brother.
1: And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began, every one of them say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said that, and he answered and said, he that dippeth his hands with me in the dish same shall betray me the son of man gotten as it written of him but who unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed it had been good for that man if he had not been born
0: so in other words Judas who betrayed Jesus it said that it would have been better if he had not even been born brothers and sisters Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. He already had pointed them out, brothers and sisters. But let's go ahead and read about some more interesting facts right here. Verse 25,
1: um, and let's go ahead and continue. Verse 25 through 28. Then Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said.
0: So, brothers and sisters, it's just like somebody said, to you. And you ain't even talking to them directly. Hey. Are you talking about me? Jesus said. You the one that said. It. I ain't said it, You said it. You already know that it's you. Go ahead and continue at verse 26 through
1: 28. And as they were eating. Jesus took bread. And blessed it. And break it. And gave it to the disciples. And said. Take. Eat this. It's my body. So the
0: lamb, brothers and sisters, was replaced by the bread. The body of the lamb was replaced by the bread. So you see how Jesus changed the taking from the lamb to the bread at this particular Passover? Because again, something is about to happen. We haven't gotten to it yet, but we're going to show you what's going to happen. Now, this is the lamb. Talking, brothers and sisters
1: Go ahead my brother 27 And he took the cup and gave thanks And gave it to them saying Drink ye all of it For this is my blood Of the New Testament Which is shed of many For the remission of sins So now we getting here Brothers and sisters Jesus' blood
0: Which is representative of this wine right here brothers and sisters a New Testament my blood is going to be shed for many for the remission of sin take this bread right here brothers and sisters and break it and pass it this represents my body so we got the body and we got the blood brothers and sisters so I'm showing you how Jesus changed the meal of the Passover from the lamb to bread and wine. But I want to show you, brothers and sisters, that that wasn't even new. Although it wasn't done in Exodus, let's find out what was done before Exodus, and let's see if Jesus did nothing more than pick back up what he put down even before the book of Exodus. So we're going to go ahead to Genesis, the 14th chapter we almost done, y'all. Genesis, the 14th chapter. Let's go there. Genesis, the 14th chapter. And we hope that you're following this with your Bible, brothers and sisters. Genesis, the 14th chapter, 18 through 20. And let's find out who else, brothers and sisters, had bread and
1: wine. Genesis 14, verses 18 through 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. So here's, and he, I'm sorry, so, so here's a
0: king by the name of Melchizedek who brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. So we got bread and wine in the book of Genesis under Melchizedek. We got bread and wine in the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter, under Jesus, could there be a connection between the two brothers and sisters? Could it be that this priest of the Most High has a connection with the priest of the Most High in the
1: New Testament?
0: Let's go ahead and keep reading about this Melchizedek. Verse
1: 19. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham, of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hands and gave him tithes of all. So Abram
0: gave this high priest, the priest of God, he paid him tithes. That's what you do to priests or that's what you do to um, a, 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 a religious so, not religious, a spiritual foundation, you pay tithes. And that's the first time that tithes were actually paid. So, what Abram did constituted uh, something that would be continued even to this day, brothers and sisters. But we got to read some more about this Melchizedek because we got to find out his connection with Jesus. Because, again, he had the bread and wine, Jesus had the bread and wine. And we know in between the two, there was a lamb that was killed and eaten in Egypt. So we got the bread and wine and we got a lamb. Let's connect this thing together. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 7th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews, the 7th chapter, verses 1 through
1: 3. When you have it, go ahead and read it, my brother. For this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation of the King righteousness, and after that also King of Salem, which is the King of Peace. Without father, without mother, what about? Sorry, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like unto the Son of God.
0: What Well, the Son of God is Jesus. And if Melchizedek was made like the Son of God, having no mother, no father, and we're talking about Jesus existed before he came through Mary, having no beginning and no ending, well, we really can't call that type of being a man. That type of being is a God. And we know that God can come in the flesh because Jesus did come in the flesh. And the word was made flesh, brothers and sisters. So if this is a priest, and he's a priest of the Most High God, and Jesus is a priest of the Most High God, and they both have no beginning and they both have no ending, the question is, is it two, Or is this actually the same brothers and sisters. Let's go to Hebrews, the 7th chapter, real quick, verses 21 through 25. Hebrews, the 7th chapter, verses 21 through 25. The reason why I'm concentrating on this Melchizedek and on this bread and wine and on this lamb is because it has a lot to do with the Passover, brothers and sisters, and it has a lot to do with where we're going to be in the future. And you need to know, God's Bible is tomorrow's news. Today,
1: Hebrews seven twenty one through 25, let's go. For well, those priests were made without an oath, but this was an oath by him that said unto him, the Lord swear will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek.
0: Well, hold on, wait a minute. So Jesus is the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was made like unto the Son of Man. Why are they comparing Jesus with Melchizedek, and why are they comparing Melchizedek with Jesus when we know that the only individual greater than Jesus is the Father? And we know that Melchizedek was not the Father because when he was talking to Abraham, he said, blessed be you, Abraham, chosen of the highest, of the most high God of heaven and earth. So... Nothing is going on with this Melchizedek and Jesus. Continue, my brother.
1: Uh, so much was made, uh, surely, of a, a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. Wow. But this man... Go ahead, brother. So death, brothers and sisters,
0: don't even stop these men. Because they can't die. They can't die, brothers and sisters. spirit can't die. So you can pick up a fleshly body and put it down, but these men continue continually. Go ahead and continue, my brother.
1: But this man, because he continues, has an exchangeable priesthood.
0: So because this man continues forever, he don't die. He has no beginning. He has no ending. Jesus has no beginning. He has no ending, brothers and sisters. That's why when he laid down his life, because they couldn't take it, he picked it back up three days later. Because he has no ending, and he has no beginning, brothers and sisters. And I'm here to declare to you tonight that Jesus is Melchizedek, and Melchizedek is Jesus. He just didn't go by the name Jesus in the Old Testament. He went by the name Melchizedek. Look it up and research it on your own, brothers and sisters. Let's continue reading the last verse.
1: Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God. By him seeing he ever liveth and maketh intersection of them
0: so brothers and sisters he can save anybody that goes to God so if you're trying to go to God no matter what your past looked like in your life no matter what you've been through no matter how many struggles and obstacles that the devil has thrown your way no matter what you're trying to get over brothers and sisters I don't care what it is if you confess your sins to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and if you seek his faith, and if you turn from your wicked ways, brothers and sisters, this book, the Bible, at Hebrews, the seventh chapter, verse 25 says, wherefore he, talking about Jesus, is able to save them, which includes you and I, to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he Ever live to make intercession for them. So he's always living to stand between us and God and be an intercessor for us, to God, brothers and sisters. So all we got to do is try him. We've tried everything else and we've been unsuccessful at it. We've tried to steal, we've tried to cheat, we've tried to do things that we know wasn't right and we find ourselves ending up at the same place, but the only thing that we haven't tried and went hard for in trying is Jesus, brothers and sisters. And I'm here to tell you tonight that it's time to try him, brothers and sisters. It's time to try him. Let's go ahead and go as we close this thing out, Brother Joe. We got about five minutes left on our show. Now, The title of the show is The Bell Was Ripped in Twain. Let's go to Matthew, the 27th chapter, verses 46 through 51. Matthew 27, verse
1: 46 through um, 51. Matthew 27, verse 46 through 51. Go ahead and read, my brother. In about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, El of El Lama
0: Sabathani. Go ahead, my brother.
1: That is to say, My God, my God, why has it thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for El Elza.
0: So this man he said, Man, th- this man is calling for Elijah. He's on the cross and he's calling for Elijah. They didn't know what was going on. Let's go ahead and continue to read, uh, my brother. Let's go ahead for the sake of time uh to go ahead, just continue, verse 48.
1: And a straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on the reed and gave him gave him to drink. Now, when
0: they did that, brothers and sisters, because that was also a prophecy, he knew that his mission was complete, brothers and sisters. But that's another lesson for another time. Let's go ahead um, and do the last three verses, 49
1: through 51. The rest said, let be, Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yelled up oh, to ghost!"
0: So this time when he cried with a loud voice, Voice, he died, brothers and sisters, in the flesh. Like we and all people to die in the flesh, brothers and sisters. So this time he actually died in the flesh. Verse 51. But something happened that the whole world missed, brothers and sisters, which is the title of our lesson: The Veil was ripped in twain. This is very important. Please remember this verse. No matter if you remember anything on the show, remember this. Matthew 27, 51. Let's go. <clears throat>
1: And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, quake, and the rock rent.
0: So this veil, brothers and sisters, was ripped in half. What is it about this veil, brothers and sisters, that was so deep that it was ripped in twain as a piece of cloth? When he died, brothers and sisters. The veil was ripped in twain. Yeah, we got, we, we got uh, props on our show, brothers and sisters. When Jesus died, the veil was ripped in half. What do you mean, Black Ice? What is this veil you keep talking about? Why is your show tonight on the Bible show, Truth Hour, called The Veil Was Ripped in Twain? What does this have to do with the Passover? What does this have to do with the sacrifice of Jesus? What does this have to do with the remission of sins, Black Ice? Please tell me. Well, Let me answer your question. In order to answer your question, first got to find out what the veil was used for. If the veil was written twain, let's find out what it was used for. Real quick, let's go to the book of Exodus, the 26th chapter. Let's find out about this veil and what it was used for. Exodus, the 26th chapter, verses 31 through 33. Go ahead, my brother.
1: And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen of cunning work, with cherry shall it be made, and thou shalt hang it up for pillars of cement wood, overlaid with gold. Their hook shall be gold upon four sockets of silver, and thou shalt hang up... Go ahead, brother, I'm sorry.
0: So this veil was made out of linen, it even mentioned the colors of this veil, brothers and sisters. It said that this veil would be blue and purple and scarlet, fine twine linen of cunning work with cherubims shall it be made. Cherubims are angels, brothers and sisters, and you're going to hang this veil up. You're going to hang it up, brothers and sisters. You're going to hang this veil up and let's go ahead and go to verse 33, and let's see where the veil was going to be. Go ahead.
1: The Lord shall hang up the veil under the touches that thou mayest bring to neither. Within the veil, the ark of the testimony, and the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy.
0: So the veil was going to be between you and the holy place, brothers and sisters. So in other words, there would be a tabernacle that would be made. And in that tabernacle would be certain things. There would be a certain um, place in the tabernacle that would be called the holy place, that only the priest could go to make remission for sins, brothers and sisters. But between the, the, the door of the tabernacle and the holy place, somewhere between the two, there would be a veil, that would be in between the two brothers and sisters. So now we still haven't found out what would be done with this veil. We know that the veil was there as a separation between whoever would be in there or the the priest that would be in there and the holy place that would be inside of the tabernacle. But now let's find out what they actually did with this veil. Let's go to Leviticus, the fourth chapter. Leviticus, the fourth chapter. And we read a lot of scriptures on this show, brothers and sisters, so it's good for you to take notes and have your Bible with you, because if you don't, you're not going to be able to follow this lesson after you've heard it. But we do put this on YouTube, so we do want to let you know that. So Luke, the fourth chapter, verses one, verse, uh, I'm sorry, Leviticus, the fourth chapter. And let's go, uh, let me see, six. Let's go to verse six for the sake of time.
1: And the priest shall dip his finger into blood and sprinkle it, sprinkle it, sprinkle it, sprinkle of the blood seven times before the Lord, before the veil of the sanctuary.
0: So, brothers and sisters, the the priest would take the blood of a goat or a lamb or a bullock. He would dip his finger in it, and you can read. Uh, verses 1 through 5 on your own time. I'm just moving for the sake of time. He would dip his finger in the blood, and he would sprinkle it on the veil, brothers and sisters. See, we're going all the way back to the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned, and God covered them with skins, with coats of skin. He got it from an animal. What happened to the blood of an animal? It had to be shed for sin. The blood of these goats and bullocks and lambs during this time had to be shed for sin. They would take the blood and they would sprinkle it on the veil. But remember, when Jesus died, what happened to the veil, brothers and sisters? It was ripped in twain. So if there's no more veil, brothers and sisters, then there is no more animal sacrifice. There's no more need. You to get the blood of a bull or a lamb or a goat and dip your finger in it because there's nothing to sprinkle it on anymore. Because when Jesus died, that law, that covenant, that veil was ripped in twain. He replaced animal sacrifice with his own. Which leads us, brothers and sisters, to the last place that we're going to go today. Now, most people with misunderstandings say, well, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, says that the law was a shadow of things to come, but not not the very image of the thing. What law are you talking about? Well, all you got to do, Christian, is keep on reading, and it's going to describe to you what law it's talking about. Because there are several laws, but when you say the law, then you need to explain to me what law you're talking about. That's why this book says that if it were not for the very elect, brothers and sisters, the whole world would be deceived. I'm paraphrasing that scripture, but in essence, that's what it's saying, that the beast will come and deceive everybody if it were not for the very elect. But you become one of the very elect when you read God's word and stop going off of what preacher and pastor is saying and not verifying what preacher and pastor is saying with what's written in this book. Hebrews 10 and 1, let's read.
1: For the Lord ha- having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things that can, ne- can never with those sacrifices which I offer year by year continuously make the comers thereunto perfect.
0: So I want you to underline a couple of things. It says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the thing can never with those sacrifices. Underline or highlight the word sacrifices. Let's see how many times we see that. In this chapter, and then it said, "With those sacrifices which they offered." So underline the word "offered." So we got sacrifice one time, we got offered one time. So whatever this law is, is dealing with sacrifices and it's dealing with offering. Let's go ahead and verse. Go to verse two. Let's see if we can find these words um, more in verse two. Let's go ahead and read
1: Hebrews ten and two. For well, then will I not have ceased to be offered? Because that, the worshippers, once purged, should have had no more consciousness of sin.
0: There you see the word offered again for the second time. Let's go to first three and see if we can find either the word offered or sacrifice. Let's go ahead, Hebrews 10 and 3.
1: But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. So we got the word sacrifices, we got the word offering. Now,
0: this is a law we're talking about. In order for you to understand what law, that's why you have to keep reading down. You know how some people say, oh, well, we no longer up under the law. We under grace. Because of this chapter, how do you get that we're no longer under the law? We're under grace. So you mean I can go sleep with somebody's wife and commit adultery, and I'm good because we are under grace. I can go out there and steal your car. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not. I can do those things because we're no longer under the law. That's ignorance, brothers and sisters. The definition of sin, according to the Bible, is transgression of the law. So if there is still sin in existence, then there is still law in existence. But this particular law, as we're reading, is dealing with offerings and
1: sacrifices. Now let's go to Hebrews ten and four. Go ahead, my brother. For it is not possible for that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins.
0: So the blood of bulls and goats never took away the sin, it only covered the sin. That's why God gave them skins, coats of skin to cover their private parts, brothers and sisters. Verse 5, Hebrews 10 and 5.
1: Wherefore, when he cometh unto the world, he sets sacrifice and offerings. That would not be a body, as thou prepared me.
0: So, in other words, sacrifices and offerings, I ain't down with that. But he prepared a body to be sacrificed. Verse six: In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. God ain't never had pleasure in killing an animal, animal, to save. Oh, I almost said something. Your butt. He never had pleasure in killing an animal to save our butts, brothers and sisters. But he know that if he didn't kill the animal, he would have to kill you. And he loved you so much that he sacrificed an animal for you because you are the greatest of his creation. And he sees the God in you. You just don't see the God in you. Let's go ahead and continue reading. We got a lot of stuff to read. Uh, Man, we got a lot of stuff to read.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Uh,
0: Brother Joe, man, read this whole thing on your own time brothers and sisters, but I do want to get to the meat of this. Uh,
1: Let's go to verse 10. No, let's go to verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second.
0: He took away the first animal sacrifice so he could establish the second. His sacrifice, brothers and sisters.
1: His blood, brothers and sisters. Verse 10. By uh, Which well, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all.
0: It is the body of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, that once and for all can forgive the sin, not just not not just cover it, but forgive the sin. Take it away, brothers and sisters. There's so much in here, but I think that you get the point. Let's go ahead and close out, Brother Joe, at verse 26. Go ahead, verse 26. Now, your sin is taken away. You have said, God, I want to change my ways. I'm sorry for doing the things that I've done. Please forgive me. I ask that you forgive me in the name of Jesus. I'm going to get baptized for the remission of my sins in the name of Jesus. You can't just get baptized. I'm baptizing you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Those are titles. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, for the remission of your sins. And some people even say, I'm baptizing you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You've got to be in the name of Jesus. Last verse, Brother Joe, go ahead.
1: For if we sin willingly, after that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remember no more sacrifices for sin.
0: So, brothers and sisters, you know the truth
1: now. If you continue to sin,
0: Jesus ain't getting up on the cross for you no more to die for you, brothers and sisters. That's why we got to be careful, you and I. I'm not exempt from this, brothers and sisters. So when we know the truth, we got to try our best to apply the truth Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, happy Passover, which was yesterday. Now that the sun is down, this is starting the beginning of God's next day, which is now we're in the feast of unleavened bread. You cannot, brothers and sisters, eat any bread for seven days that has anything that makes it rise. So if you have any bread in your house, please go and put them in the garage. Take them out of your house, brothers and sisters, because that leavening in the bread represents sin, according to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. So it has to be the type of bread that doesn't rise, brothers and sisters, the type of bread that, what, that doesn't rise. I want to thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Truth Hour Bible Show, um, here on POET Radio. This was our sixth and final lesson, part six of For God So Loved the World. He killed his promise. He checked on his creation. He gave you his feast days versus man holy days. He gave you the word of God, which is spiritual, versus what man gives you, which is religion. And this is why tonight's lesson was the veil was ripped in twain. For our YouTube listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. If anyone out there wants to be added to our reminder text invite list, Text your name and the keyword truth hour to 312 719 7310. Y'all stay on the line, Facebook. Stay on the line, talk shoe. YouTube listeners, until next Tuesday. Peace and blessings. Let's go ahead and go to the phone lines and find out what our listeners thought about tonight's show, brothers and sisters. We ask the Lord to intervene in our affairs, and we say thank you humbly. And we pray that everybody listening and watching was edified and that God was glorified on tonight's show. And I pray these things to your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen.